0: Hello and welcome to First Focus, a podcast here at First Presbyterian Church in Columbia, South Carolina, where we highlight various events and ministries around the church. My name is Scott Hull, a member of First Presbyterian Church and one of your hosts. My co-host Josh Adair can't be with us today, but don't worry, we have a very special episode for you. We'll be interviewing our very own senior minister, Dr. Derek Thomas. He'll be joined by Beck Oderson, a pastoral intern at the church, and they'll be discussing the year 2020. Dr. Thomas will share what he has coming up in his sermon series for 2020. We'll be talking about the 225th anniversary of our church, and Dr. Thomas will share some of the celebrations we have planned for that. Finally, Dr. Thomas will share his thoughts on how the church can continue to grow in the gospel in the year 2020 and beyond. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about the show, or any other ministry at the church, don't hesitate to contact us. You can find all of our contact info on our website, which is firstprescolumbia.org. That's firstprescolumbia.org or on our app. Let's get to the conversation.
1: Well, good afternoon. Welcome to First Focus. My name is Beck Oderson, and I'm one of the pastoral interns here at First Presbyterian Church. And we have the privilege of having Dr. Derek Thomas, our senior minister, on this afternoon.
2: Uh, Good afternoon, Beck. It's good to be with you.
1: It's good to be with you, too. I wanted to talk today a little bit about the upcoming spring and two things that will be happening in the life of our church coming up this spring. First of all, our new sermon series. John is coming to a close, sadly, uh, which we've been in for almost a year now. So what's next for Sunday mornings?
2: Uh, I was speaking to someone uh, just a few days ago uh, in Texas. Uh, He's been in John for two years, and he's only in chapter 14, which means he's probably going to be in John... Three years. Oh, wow. And there's uh, every justification for taking John very slowly, uh, but I chose not to do that partly because I I may be dead by the time I'd finished this series, and I I need to keep moving (laughs) at my age. And um, I I really just wanted to do uh, a a sort of a year in John, but it has meant that we've had fairly large passages to deal with at any one time and then you, you, you can't sort of major on the minors. Uh, we've got, as, as of now, as I'm speaking, I think we have four more sermons, uh, and, and most of those are going to be dealing with issues of resurrection. Uh, so it'll be like Easter in, in February, uh, and um, looking forward immensely to talking about the resurrection, which reminds me that uh, Dr. Flura, Gabe Flura, has just published a book on the resurrection. Yes, uh, published by uh, Reformation Trust, which is the publishing arm of Ligonier Ministries. Uh, and I read it on Monday afternoon, and it's it's uh, it's a quick read. Uh, it's it's wonderfully wonderfully written. Uh, it has great potential uh, as a as a gift for an outreach. Somebody who's questioning the faith and perhaps using resurrection or miracles as, as one of the issues that they're stumbling over. And uh, Gabe has that apologetic um, style uh, in his writing. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful book. But uh, one of our elders texted me a few months ago and said, uh, and I, I think he was joking, but he said, you know, we need more stories. But by which I think he meant that sometimes uh, passages of scripture that are deeply uh, personal and that narrate uh, events in people's lives um, are are also ways in which we can communicate. and um, And I've been in a gospel now for a year, and I've and I've been in more sort of Pauline. Uh, doctrinal uh, passages, uh, and so on. But I haven't actually preached biography for quite some time. So we're going to begin a a new series. Uh, There'll be 15, I think, in the series, so it'll it'll lead up to the summer, called uh, Heroes and Villains, uh, Lesser Known Characters from the Old Testament. So I'm I'm not going to take people like Abraham or Jacob or Moses or David, not, not characters that everybody knows about, but I'm going to take some of the lesser ones like like Cain and Absalom and um, Mordecai and uh, Goliath and uh, Gehazi and Ehud and Achan uh, and Jabez and, and a few others. And we're going to look at them exegetically, of course, from uh, from the scriptures, but uh, it'll it'll be more uh, it'll be more of a story approach. But I'm looking forward to it. It'll be something very different from what we've been doing in John. And Gabe is heading into a gospel in the evening. I believe he said Luke, but but don't hold me on that. So so it'll be in contrast to to that.
1: What do you hope that people will see in these stories that might be different than a sermon series in John?
2: Well, all sermons, as they expound scripture, should be profitable for doctrine and reproof and correction and instruction in the way of righteousness. but it's um there are different parts of our brain, I think, and I speak now. As a layman i'm not this is not a scientific statement i'm about to make, <laughs> or a medical statement, but I think there are different parts of our brain and 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 left brain and right brain where um, cerebral doctrinal preaching appeals to some, and then something that's more of a story uh, where you're involved in examining the life of someone uh, and trying to, trying to identify that those narratives are often reflected in the world around us, but they're often reflected in ourselves. And I wanted to make sure that they weren't all heroes because there are some villains in the Bible, and, and we need to take a look at a few of them uh, and, and what it is that marked out their villainy and make sure that we don't emulate them.
1: Well, I, for one, am really looking forward to that, as much as I've enjoyed John. I'm sure this will be an edifying well. since you're my well.
2: intern, <laughs> I'm glad to hear that back, because we'd have some se- serious problems if you didn't. But no, I'm actually looking forward to it. I I, I've done some biographical preaching in the past, but it's, it's 25 years since I've, since I've done a series of biographical sermons.
1: Well, switching gears a little bit, let's talk about the 225th anniversary coming up this spring. I hear we have some some guests and special friends coming in to help us celebrate.
2: Somebody pointed out to us uh, last year that uh, this year, in, in 2020, we would be celebrating the 225th anniversary of the foundation of this church in 1795, and uh, that we should... Celebrate it, because some of us may not be around for the 250th anniversary. Uh, And uh, we formed a committee, because that's what Presbyterians do, and uh, Lanny Lambert has chaired that committee, and uh, we've come up with a theme. The basic theme of it is to address what is it that is distinguished? What are the distinguishing features of First Presbyterian Church in Columbia? And the answer to that is preaching and worship. I think that's, a, that's our distinguishing feature. We're bringing in two dear friends of mine, uh, Sinclair Ferguson and Bob uh, Godfrey, and both of them are uh, teaching fellows at Ligonier Ministries uh, along with myself. And uh, there will be a musical evening uh, on Thursday evening where uh, Dr. Cole and, and Thomas and our wonderful choir uh, will do s- something quite spectacular. There is a golf tournament. On Saturday, uh, we are planning to shut down Marion and Lady, uh, at least at least Lady and Marion around our church, uh, erect a tent in the middle of lady street and uh we we're going to have lots of activities beginning uh mid morning on saturday and running uh through to late afternoon on saturday and then a a concert of some kind maybe maybe bluegrass uh on saturday evening and other aspects uh, of the 225 are are in the planning Stage, Uh, We're hoping to publish a a small little booklet comprised of essays written by about a dozen people on various ministries uh, and aspects of church life, uh, especially over the last 25 years. Our our church history uh, that David Calhoun wrote uh, stopped in 1996, so 25 years has gone by since then. And, and we want to try and summarize what's happened in those 25 years and, and then anticipate maybe where we would like to see the church 25 years from now and uh, what would need to be done in order to achieve that. And, and so a little bit of looking back, but also very much looking forward that by the grace of God we may be able to continue um, what what we have begun, uh, and that we will remain faithful to the Lord and to his word, uh, and to what uh, Christ wants from us as uh, a church here in the city of Columbia.
1: Well, it sounds like this is all shaping up to be a proper Earth Day celebration, and there certainly is a lot to celebrate in our church. As we look back over the, the last few years, and your time here as senior minister, what are some ways that you've seen the Lord's faithfulness to our church?
2: Well, I continue to uh, observe just the reverential quality uh, of our worship. And I experience a lot of worship services in other churches, and um, I think that what we have uh, is... An enormous blessing it belies the allegation that, in order for a church to grow, you have to accommodate to the culture and And I don't think that that's true at all. It takes work to um, educate folk as to why we worship the way we do and and this is not. Uh, this is not at all to suggest that, that we do worship right and everybody else does worship wrong. That, that's not the point at all. Um, but, but we do have a commitment to a fairly traditional form of worship, and there are reasons why we do it that way, and we want to, we want to maintain that for future generations. Our church continues to grow uh, in the year two thousand, there were a thousand members. In two thousand and ten, there were two thousand members, and now in two thousand and twenty, there are three thousand members. And we don't know where the trajectory is going uh, in the next decade, and and in the period after I'm gone, and when there's another senior minister here, uh, as to what that looks like. But um, we have we have considerable. Blessing, I think, of college ministry that has begun that that has been very effective. I think the purchasing of the bridge and and its transformation was visionary on the part uh, of the elders. Uh, I, I think that the mentoring program that that occupies maybe two hundred fifty three hundred men and women uh, in the church. Has been a considerable blessing. Uh, I I think that there are aspects of ministry and counselling uh, that we've given far greater emphasis to in recent years. That that has been of enormous help to many, many, many uh, church members and and families. And and we continue to wait upon the Lord and uh, not to presume. But it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, uh, says the Lord. And and we need to keep on uh, looking to the Lord for him to grant his blessing upon us.
1: Well, thank you. There certainly is a lot to be thankful for in the last few years of ministry at this church. Finally, as as we're wrapping up, you mentioned earlier that a lot of the 225 celebration is a celebration of the past, but it's also... Uh, looking forward to the future, could you say a word about or maybe a word to ministry over the next 25 years and where you hope to go for this church?
2: Well, we can no longer presume, I think, that simply um, doing what we've been doing will remain the most effective thing. And and my guess is that as our culture becomes increasingly hostile, becomes increasingly postmodern or late modern. And that all may change, but certainly the trajectory at the minute suggests that the future may get difficult for the church, and and difficult for a variety of social um, issues. The stance of the church, which which is the stance of the Bible on gender, on sexuality, on marriage between one man and one woman, uh, on the... LGBTQIA issue I mean all of those are flashpoints um we remain committed to the Pauline um uh, instruction uh, with regard to male leadership in the church uh, so, so we don't have women elders in the church and that puts us at odds Uh, It puts us at odds with our culture, but it also puts us at odds with the vast majority of Christendom that has succumbed to the pressure of the culture. And so those sort of issues, I think, will continue to add considerable pressure to the church. My guess is that the church will have to give more attention than it has in the past to Areas of apologetic to answering the the criticism uh, of so-called scholars uh, who constantly uh, criticize the Bible, scripture, how the scripture came about what it teaches, how you interpret scripture, what are the postmodern hermeneutics uh, that interpret uh, what is true and what is false and, and so on. And I think that, that s- simply doing what we've done in the past is probably going to be inadequate and, and that w- we need to be ahead of the curve, I think, and, and we need to anticipate and we need to give a reason for the hope that lies within us with meekness and godly fear. And that means that we need more guys like you Beck. Uh, well, we need, we need future ministers of the gospel, future uh, scholars and pastors and, 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 and teachers, um, because the church needs them. The church has always needed them, but it will most certainly need them, I think, uh, in a culture that is, that is increasingly hostile.
1: Well, thank you. I think that is a good word. And if guys like me are able to accomplish Anything in the future it will be because of men like you and and your example to us, and we're really thankful for your ministry here. Well,
2: you're kind. I I do think that it was easier for me to do ministry 40 years ago than if I was beginning again at 25 in, in 2020. There were issues 40 years ago that you could just take for granted. Uh, And uh, and I was in a culture that was largely sympathetic to the church. At least it tolerated the church. And uh, that that is not the case anymore.
1: I think that's true. And as I've heard you say many times before, I think guys like me, as you said, uh, going into the future, if we do one thing, it's that we will need to look up and see only Jesus in the picture every day. Of our ministry,
2: and I would say to the church, and and by that I mean those listening to this podcast, um, you know that you should really uh, pray for and encourage uh, our seminary students and our interns uh, as they become the leaders of tomorrow, uh, and that God would have His hand upon them and and keep them and keep them faithful and make them strong uh, in the faith.
1: Well, thank you. This has been. An exciting conversation, and I think there's a lot to look forward to in this spring, and the next sermon series, and the 225, and the next season of life at this church. So thanks for sitting down and talking with us this afternoon.
0: You've been listening to First Focus. On behalf of Dr. Derek Thomas, Bet Goderson, as well as all the other staff here at First Presbyterian Church, I'm Scott Hull. Thank you for joining us. If you have any questions or concerns about the show, or any other ministry at the church, don't hesitate to contact us. You can find all of our contact info on our website, which is firstprezcolumbia.org. That's firstprezcolumbia.org, or on our app. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, God bless.